Okay. More in I'll tell you what's very interesting to me, and we're getting very practical over here. We're going to notice in the beginning here, and what we continued last week, is that the Rambam was a revolutionary, right? The reason why I think it's so great that we're learning this piece now, it's really Ashkafa Pratis that we're learning this right now, is because we, as Israel, on the world stage, are revolutionaries in the sense that during this whole war, it's always like, okay, how, how long is the leash that the world is going to give us to take care of stuff in Gaza? Will they give us a long enough leash to also take care of stuff in Lebanon? Right? And it's always like, what's America going to say? What's this country going to say? You'll notice from the words of the Rambam, the Rambam was a revolutionary, but he wasn't just a revolutionary apologetically. It wasn't like he said his opinion and then he would like, you know, wrap it or whatever. He writes, just to give you perspective on how radical it was at the time. He writes that if someone, and we're going to get into it's a contradiction, that if someone believes in Hashem as a physical reality, they are the same as Avoid Zara. They're as bad. They're completely a heretic. And he also leaves no room for error. Now over here is one of the times, like we mentioned in the beginning, that Moradavuchim is riddled with traps and contradictions. So actually in two different places, in chapter 26 and chapter 36, I believe, he contradicts himself. Because in one place he says that when a child is being educated, or like we mentioned before, if for today's day, and it helps you to imagine Hashem as this big giant sitting on a giant throne, if that helps your relationship to Hashem, then it's okay. That's what he says in one place, right? If you're a little, you need a little more help, fine. Just imagine Hashem as the big giant. If once you advance, then you need to imagine him without any physical reality. Then he says later on that it doesn't matter what age the person is, it doesn't matter what level of understanding they have, if they think of Hashem in any way, shape, or form or physical, the Ramam says you're completely a heretic. Completely. And he even goes to the extent, so extreme, that he says even if you were educated that way, which means it's not your fault, right? What if I got up here as a rabbi and I started telling you, oh, you should think of the, rabbi, the, the as God is physical, right? And then yeah, you think, okay, fine, you know, I trusted him. And he educated me that way. And you walk out and you think that reality, the Rambam would say, you're still a pialacha, you're a heretic. You're a kaifer fully, even if your teacher taught you that way. Even if you were a child. The Rambam says there's no, you know, like what's the, I forgot the law in America. Like ignorance is not an excuse to say, I didn't know the law. I didn't know there's a speed limit. You can't be caught going 120. Saying, I didn't know there was a speed limit. You're still chayiv. That's what the Rambam's saying. What's so unique about that, is that it was, like we said before, it was not just that he disagreed with the people of his time and that he gave space for like, okay, we disagree, but they're big rabbanim. He basically gave a psak that almost every other rav, even big gedolim, big tamidei chachamim all over the world that were teaching that Hashem was a physical thing, he said complete, 100% avodah with no apologies. No... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we spoke about last week. The Ravid, the Ravid even wrote that the Rambam was mistaken and that greater Chachamim than, yeah, meaning a great, great Rabbanim. That's, meaning I'm telling you, it's a crazy radical story when you think about it. We read it, you say, oh, the Rambam, and we know the Rambam today is the great Maimonides, so many schools and shuls, the Rambam, the Rambam. What? So he said all those things are ways to explain things to a human being. We're Panam upon him. Yeah, so he was saying all those things are just ways to explain something to a human being that understands things in those terms. But they're not really, there was no panim upanim. Panim upanim means face to face. So what does that mean? Maybe it means that Moshe was able to talk to him like a normal human being and Nevi'im, other Nevi'im, their whole body would shake and they would go into like a seizure and it was a whole process to get a Nevu'ah. And Moshe Rabbeinu was like a conversation, right? But 
meaning his opinion was radical and he had no apologies, which is fascinating because I think the way to apply that to today, and this is my own, now I'm taking the Rambam and trying to apply his style. If you look today, you'll see that the world generally respects very much these crazy personalities now, a lot more than they did in a way. I mean, if you look at politics, generally speaking, you always had the polished, you know, guy, the Ronald Reagan, get up, everyone likes him, he speaks well, he's a normal guy with a... Now you see today, the president of Argentina that was just elected, you see a video of him taking a chainsaw, he's a total lunatic, he's taking a chainsaw on the streets and he's revving the chainsaw and everything, I just saw, what? He's a total nut job. he was elected the president. Donald Trump, no question about it, you like him or not, total nut job. head of the, the leader of the free world, potentially leader of the free world again, right? Ben Gvir was a guy like, I know he has a big following and everything. He's a, uh, you support him, you don't support him. He's definitely a nut job. And you have all these big, crazy personalities are very well, like people are becoming very radical. So I think what you see is, is that that also, I think, is the mistake that Israel has made over the years and it might make now, God forbid, is trying to be the voice of reason, trying to be like, I think someone put it very well, that Israel, when it comes to the, the game, of who's being the most moral in the whole world, Israel always comes in last place because they're the only one playing. Nobody else cares. Everyone else makes up their own opinion and goes with it. Israel's wondering what are people going to say, how much support are we going to have, what are the allies going to say. And if you look at this approach of the Rambam, he had a radical opinion and he left no room for discussion. And he was the only one that had that opinion. If you think about how crazy that is. Sometimes you have to be a Rambam to be able to succeed with that. Exactly. No, sometimes you have to be you have to be with that type of a stoltz that then people respect that. How did he become the Rambam? He had an opinion. He said not just this is my opinion, this is your opinion, machlekes, you know. He said anybody who disagrees with me is a total heretic. Who disagreed with him? Every single Rosh Hashiva, Rav, Talmud Chacham, Gadol of the previous generations and his generation. Right? He was completely disagreed with, and he went with his opinion one hundred percent, and he was ridiculed. And he was burned and everything. That was it. And he just said, this is the reality. This is the fact. Okay? So when it goes over here, so that's just what I wanted to bring for you, is that the Moran Nebuchim over here, the way he, he states his opinion with such power, knowing how much he was vilified, is it's very inspiring. It shows you that like, if you have an opinion and you know you're right, you don't sit and apologize the whole day because of what might happen. Hold strong to your opinion and people respect you more. So he explains over here, since we mentioned it, the contradiction. How do you resolve this contradiction? Because he says in one place you could think that God is physical and then you have to grow out of it. And then he says another place you could never think. So Reb Shemtov, right? The Shemtov is from Detroit. No, not related. But Reb Shemtov comments. Um, Reb Shemtov ben Yosef comments on the Rambam and he says that a person may be able to believe this at the beginning of their stage of learning. But then once he grows as a Jew, then he's supposed to not do. That's how he tries to resolve the contradiction, but seemingly it doesn't really because that's the whole contradiction itself. Another guy expounds on that and says, which this is interesting, very interesting explanation because I've never heard of anyone referred to the generation that got the Torah as more simple. He says the generation that got the Torah, they were simple Jews. So because they were simple Jews, they were able to think Hashem had a physical form. Today that were more sophisticated, we have to have a more sophisticated understanding of the Torah, which is fascinating because we know the famous idea of Yerida Tadorot. Seemingly, we are the lowest generation, not higher generation. He refers to our generation as the highest generation. That now we've reached this level of sophistication where we have Torah at our fingertips and we have so many different Rabbanim you could listen to that he says you need to have a very high level understanding of the Torah at that time. He says over here, the Rambam says, 
in one of the 13 principles of faith, when he goes through all the ways you need to understand God, he lists off, you need to understand Hashem's, the way God runs the world and the way God sees the world, the way God created the world, he says you need to understand him not being physical as one of the basic facts of understanding God as a reality. Okay? He even goes to the point, I mean, just to show, again, we were saying before, he even goes to the point when he compares it to Avodazar, he refers to the death penalty. He says that to think God as a physical form has the official punishment of the death penalty. It's Chayv Misa. So again, we're talking about really a very uh, a great thinker and a powerful thinker. He continues over here to finish off for today. Was he referring to Christianity? No. No, he was referring to anyone who believes in the physical, as God as a physical world. And very clear, he doesn't make any leeway of like, oh, maybe Jews are different. He says, if you think Hashem has a physical form, you have no excuse, you're completely uh, against a God. Which is interesting, just to end off with this explanation, is that the question is, this is where it gets very philosophical. The question is, what is God? Right? What is God? What is God's purpose? What is God? What is God? When you say, I believe in God, or I'm davening to God, who are you davening to? Are you davening to this image that you have from your schooling, and therefore you have this imaginary image in your brain? Or... Are you davening to what the Torah describes is God? It's a very difficult line to toe. So let's say, for example, somebody thought in their mind, because someone told them that God was a little fly, and he was a fly from Germany. I don't know what, a little bug. If that person is davening to this fly, are they davening to God? Or are they not? They're just pushing on a different planet. They're a heretic. So that's what the Rambam is saying, is that you actually, if you don't know what God is, then you can't even be a religious person. Because if you don't know what God is, then you don't know what you're davening to then your whole belief system has no goal, and therefore you're not even Jewish. Forget, you're not even like, meaning Jewish, we say you're from birth. But you're not, you're not, uh, you're not doing anything, because you don't know what you're serving. So what the Rambam is saying is very interesting, because it's actually, when you read it, it really like shifts your whole image. Because the Rambam is saying, if you don't know what God is, then you can't serve Him. So over here, what? So throughout the generations, and this is what we mentioned, throughout the generations, there's many debates. Like I think you mentioned this last week. There's many debates how Hashem runs the world. Some people say Hashem transcends the world and He doesn't run everything with Hashkach Pratis. It's sort of like He creates everything, but it goes by itself. Other people say that Hashem runs every single blade of grass in the entire world. It's all being run, even the tiniest worm. For sure, Jewish people, everything is run by Hashem. And that's up for debate. But what the Rambam is saying is that you need to understand the qualifications for what God is or else you can't be serving Him. And when he goes through the qualifications of that he's not physical, that he is, uh, he, that's what he goes through, is exactly what are the qualifications for God and why that's so important. Okay? What? Exactly. Because actually one of the best, a good Yiddish word that really puts it in a great perspective to end off with this is the word Eibishter. You ever heard a Yiddish person called God Eibishter? What does Eibishter mean? Eibishter means beyond. Because anything that you're going to say God is, he's beyond that. Right? If you're going to say, oh, he's not infinite or finite, he's already beyond. He's not limited to being unlimited, or he's not, he, he's not you can't define him in any category. He's Abishter. That's why the word, that's how it was born. He's beyond. Okay? Saigazantan. <laughs>